are you? Happy Friday. I'm well. How's my TT? I'm well. Happy Friday to you too. Hey, love. I'm about to intro this uh, very special episode for the listeners. I want to thank you all for listening in to Ask a Black Woman podcast. Um, It is my living room. It is my kitchen. It's the beauty salon. It's where you can ask a black woman anything, but you better be prepared for the answer. I'm your host, your creator, Shanera. And I am so privileged to have a special uh, episode uh, about uh, something that's related to real news. Um, And we're going to talk about um, the Philly situation um, that happened, uh, you know, in Starbucks, the Starbucks in Philly with the two black men. And I have my guest. Uh, Tijuana Bill on the line and sis uh, she's a very dear friend that goes way back but sis if you want to um, open up and uh, let the people know who you are a little bit of background whatever you want to share before we get into the convo. Hi everyone my name is Tijuana Bill I am a former manager of Starbucks I am now relocated in in the education field as a teacher and that's about it yeah. Oh, so that is the reason why I invited my um, very dear friend on here, uh, because I wanted to have us ask a black woman um, who used to work at um, Starbucks, who has a real deep history with them to get her perspective on it. I know there's been a lot of pundits, a lot of commentary, uh, but I think it's going to be an eye opener. I have no idea what my dear friend is going to um, to let us know, but I want us to listen in. So um, um, from here on out, it's all right, I'm going to call you what I call you, my Titi. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Listen, so TT, tell us, um, give us a little bit of um, foundational background about um, your history with them. Like, um, how did you start out with them? Let them know um, how you got involved with them. Um, I started with Starbucks 10 years ago. I always wanted to work there. Um, I started out at the airport, O'Hare Airport, and I wanted to relocate closer to home. And so I... Uh, got tired of the commute, the two-hour commute, so I uh, filled out an application in the inner city of Chicago, and um, I started at the airport in May, and I began working in the inner city of Starbucks probably November 2007. So she's got some history, y'all. Now, we say inner city, so let's just clear it up for the people. Your first store that you worked at in Chicago, what was the neighborhood um, that it predominantly served? Um, the first store that I worked in Chicago was on 95th and Western, and it predominantly served the Caucasian community. So is that based, that was like Evergreen um, Park on um, border? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if callers are, you might be listening all over the country, all the world for all I know. Um, but we want to just set the, um, set the idea. So, um, and you, at that time, when you were Evergreen Park border, um, what was your, um, your title or position there at the time? I um I started off as a barista, okay, um, and then I moved up into a shift supervisor six months in, and I kind of escalated up to probably up until last year, two thousand seventeen, as a uh, manager. Gotcha. So, um, uh, if you uh, want to tell, how was it? You know, let's talk about culture because that's the one thing that's on the on the table. It's like when I think of Starbucks, I'm 
let's meet at Starbucks. I may or may not get something to drink, you know, when um, I, you know, first arrive. And um, talk a bit about that, particularly with that location, um, you know, when people would come in, wander in, et cetera. And what was the protocol? Was there something formal in terms of when people came in to patronize or not to patronize the establishment? At that time, at that time, it wasn't as major as this incident that just occurred. Um, Starbucks was always big on the third place environment, um, so making that your home, so everyone was welcomed in and could do whatever they want: sit, use the internet, you know, have a meeting. It was that type of environment around that time. Mm, so even going back that far, even now, um, you know, there's a certain train of thought, especially in the the climate that we live in with the entrepreneur. Everybody's an entrepreneur. And so uh, the idea is that business deals and businesses are being ran completely out of Starbucks. And I could be wrong, but <laughs> I don't think so. I remember dating a guy who was working on his book and uh, he would be at Starbucks all day long. And and I don't think nobody I know literally buys coffee and stuff the whole time they're in Starbucks. I think they get there early enough. They may get one beverage or whatever, and then they post up. Am I not right about that? Um, You're absolutely right. It, it will be a lot of times people will just come in and have a meeting just to have a group meeting. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Everybody's conducting the beer, the deals there. And so um, let's fast forward. So culture-wise, though, um, I think it would be nice to give people some insight culture-wise on the kind of company that Starbucks is because I think that's what's also being called to the forefront. People are um, challenging or, uh, you know, the sincerity of the CEO's um, uh, statements that he put out, et cetera. And, you know, it's hard to, because it's such a major corporation, and when things do hit the fan with major corporations, you you think that, of course, they don't have a crafted PR statement, uh, but no one really, really thinks that, um the 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 big shots or the leaders of the company are really really in tune or really care about these types of matters so but in your own thoughts tell us about the climate in which you thrive you went from a barista uh, and then you ended up going all the way to being a manager before you left to change careers so tell us a little about the culture that you work for um the culture was great starbucks has always been a great company um I, I I have not been under this new CEO. CEO. I have been under the mm. leadership of um, Howard Schultz. And under the leadership of Howard Schultz, it, it, it was great. It was phenomenal. I got to meet him. Um, I'll even share some background story with you about that later. Okay. Uh, he was very big on making sure that we were a diverse uh, company. Uh, within each other, making sure we uh, respected one each other, respected one another, and respected our backgrounds. So uh, he closed down the store a lot, especially um, under his leadership with the whole um, 
the the thing that happened in um St. Louis, we had a big conversation. We even had a campaign called Race Together where he didn't want the outside influence to conduct with what was going on in the inside. So he shut down the company. He even did a tour so we can all speak our minds and, you know, just be open to the idea and start the conversation. Refresh us about the St. Louis. I don't think I remember. Refresh us for Oh, Ferguson. Girl, I'm thinking yeah. you mentioned it was another Starbucks situation that happened in St. Louis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so he, that had nothing to do with the company. It was clearly an outside matter, but he thought these are the people uh, that work and live in these areas and stuff, and there's similar situations going on. I'm still going to have a conversation with my employees. Yes, yes. Um, he um, rented out... Um... He rented out auditoriums in different cities. Uh, I remember him renting out hmm. one in Chicago at Loyola. And we just had a, a big conversation amongst the stores, amongst the employees and, you know, managers and how we can work together, how we can start the conversation and move forward as a people. Because what he didn't want was a, a divided team. Good, good, good. That was strategic. Do you, um, in your, as far as you can remember, um, did, did, have you ever felt or have you ever witnessed anybody being asked to leave a Starbucks that was clearly not doing it's one thing when you have people that stray in that might be a threat or harm to other patrons that might not be in their right mind but I'm talking about innocent people being straight up asked to leave anything like that um everyone in under my leadership or under the leadership that I was under when was asked to leave the store environment uh was basically asked to leave if they were a threat, like you said, but never at a point of time where we had just to walk up and say, can you leave the store? It had to be something where you brought too much attention or um, it wasn't enough seats and uh. the purchasing customers wanted to sit down. And that would be the instance. If a purchasing customer wants to sit down and we notice that someone who has not purchased anything, we will allow them to know, like, you have to purchase something or, you know, you no. have to leave. But um, y'all was just handling business, regular yeah. business. That ain't nothing. Okay. Gotcha. Um, hmm. So we got a different, so this is a different leader. You can't speak on him. You've got the, um, and then the culture that was created by Howard Schultz was definitely one that he was deliberate is in his intentions to make sure that the diversity was, you know, honored and recognized and all that sort of thing. So let's, um, now I think, like I said, because I just want to remind the people listening in, um, I, 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 I'm so proud of you. Like, I just know that you, what you started at and then what you ended up doing and then the travel that you did and how much education, I know that much about it. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because again, uh, 
the purpose of this show is asking a black woman about the insights, right? And yes. so I think naturally people might may make make an assumption that a black woman would have, you know, uh, got to have some juice, got to have something against the company um, or whatever in some type of way. And not to say that you would would, but um, it's interesting. Like it sounds like it's really it's really nothing but good things to report. Um, uh, your, um, superiors, um, let's say, well, what was the management, um, breakdown as far as ethnicity, um, for you? So I've been working with the company for 10 years. So throughout uh-huh. my 10 years, I've had, uh, two, three African-American managers and two Caucasian managers and then a Arab manager. Wow. So just looking at the practices. So even in the practices, not just with opening up, having conversations when things happen, but also in terms of really giving people a chance to move up and excel within the company. It seems like they actually have they put put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm hmm. Um, so before I go into another, um, um, to the actual incident itself and your perspective, I don't want to, if there was something else you wanted to add that I had not asked about your foundation. Um, so, you know, that you came in under, um, with, uh, with Starbucks by all means, go ahead and share that right now. Oh yeah. I'll start, uh, with, um, When I first started at Starbucks, I had no guidance. Um, So one of the managers, an African-American woman, had took me under her, uh, took me in as a mentee and um, developed me into a store manager where I thrived and moved on to another state, which was Alabama. And when I lived in Alabama, um, there was a natural natural disaster in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was in the store, and while I was in the store, um, the roof had caved in, and mm. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And Starbucks, they did a great job with myself and all the employees that was involved with uh, asking and like flying Howard Schultz out to talk to us and asking was I comfortable with staying there, and I said uh, I would rather go back to the city. <laughs> I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, they just took care of me from there. They, uh, uh, If the disaster happened on Friday, I was back in Chicago Sunday. Um, I had time to get some therapy, which they uh, provided. And um, I was placed in a store within a month with my same title and position. And, also, you know, the four years of education that they paid for. Um, that let's eight. stop right there. What? Listen. Yeah. They really they're swift to respond. Absolutely, absolutely. So with them responding the way they responded, it's definitely a Starbucks move to this latest incident with closing down the stores to have this conversation. Mm, okay. All right. So then if um if unless you have more to add, you know, as far as foundation with your background, et cetera, let's just go right into uh, the incident when it when it hit and when you heard about uh, or saw the video, what was your initial reaction or thoughts if you shared? Um, I was I was disappointed. I was hurt, you know, as a 
as having love for the company and um, as an African-American woman, um, I was deeply hurt with what's been going on in the world. So it definitely struck a chord inside of me. Because if I can recall, in Alabama, didn't you have like, um, I'm not sure if I'm getting getting mixed up. Was it was it your uh, your fellow uh peer students or was it your staff but I could have sworn half your staff was white down there absolutely I was and y'all used to get it in y'all used to I mean I just remember you always having fun with them absolutely I, um, a lot of the times in most of the stores I was probably the only African American yeah listen wow and so it, I, I, even to this day did, don't you guys still keep in touch we still keep in touch. We st- I still fly down there every December to uh, meet up. We all meet up as a um, as a family now. And that's what I like to call them. And um, even with the stores in Chicago, um, I was I'm I'm in Chicago right now, and um, I came home to celebrate a, a partner. We call each other partners at mm-hmm. Starbucks of uh, a birthday. So yeah. Wow. And so. Uh, oh, because now this is an unplanned question. So it makes me think of when you say most times you were normally the uh, only African-American in the store mm-hmm. on the team. Um, were there obvious opportunities where you knew your um, your um, being as a black woman was necessary and that y'all had some learning moments? I mean, because I, I think about um, what, on my day job, I'm, I'm, I'm now not the only African-American woman on the team, but we have such, I'm going to say a loose boundary with our jokes uh, when it's race, race involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think of, you know, a lot of my, um, I could say my associations, I don't think they have that loose boundary to, uh, to have that kind of camaraderie that I have with my colleagues. And I mean, it's very diverse and it's just a different environment. And so things that they say, or I could say right back around them, no one's doing no they it's respectful. No one would say the N-word, but the fact girl, that white white people eat that. Like somebody said that yesterday, and it was white people saying that you going to the wrong shop. They'll they, they can we can get down like that. Uh-huh. And so, um, but then there have been teachable moments too, and they just listen and they will they were like, you know what, I ain't think about it like that. So in the back of my head, at first I used to sit there and be like, they really don't give a damn about black issues. And I to be honest, you know. It, it can be also said the other way around. And mm-hmm. so I've learned to not be, take it as offensive and just open my mouth and just say it or teach them. And so um, do you, did you have that kind of, um, uh, what should I say, maturity in relationships and how you related and being able to ebb and flow and, and, and grow with them? Anything like that? Uh, we, de- we definitely had conversations Um around a lot of things uh, that was confusing to them um, with my, because I I wear locks. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that was a a conversation that had to be had about, uh, you know, my hair, Um, nothing negative, nothing disrespectful, but just having the conversation of why I decided to lock my hair instead of straighten it out. And, those conversations of just growing and knowing each other's background because um you know I'm very big in the African American community uh very boisterous about uh who we are and who we come to be and I'm just unapologetic about it and so you know 
that'll be the, you know, that's who I am when I come into the room. And so, you know, uh, that will be, you know, that will be a, it, it wasn't an issue, but it will be a conversation on why I'm going so hard for the Black Lives Matter or anything of that nature or uh, the pre- when President Obama was going into office and why was it so important to me and I'll let them know those type of conversations and it was just to enlighten them because they didn't know a lot of them are very naive to our history because in the South it's, our history is taught differently mm-hmm. oh no absolutely idea. and I, I think no that they, you're probably one of the first of, um, probably one of the first people they've had that intimacy with Mm-hmm. To be able to have a conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those type of conversations, um, just the growing and wanting to know. Nothing um, I can say was disrespectful. I haven't had that experience yet. Me neither. And I'm thinking, like, I think uh, it's more curious. I think more than nothing, they're curious. Absolutely yes. curious. And Absolutely. Um, I've never felt offended by curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's because, thankfully, uh, uh, I've, uh, around seven, seventh grade, my mother moved us to the north side of Chicago. And then I ended up going to my very first school um, for, uh, for seventh, eighth grade, where I had never been um, in a classroom you know, seven, six, seven hours a day with people that weren't black. I remember my um, best friend at the time crying when we were moving from the mm-hmm. west side of Chicago because she said, you could move up north. And you, know, you had no friends all over white kids. That's all we thought about the north side must be a lot of white folks. That's what, the, what we thought. That was the rumor. And, uh, but it was one of the best moves. Um, I had a white teacher, but there were so many other races, um, Arab. And I had a girl that was actually Spanish, but she looked like really, really, really white. It was just curious, like the skin tones yes. or the fact that at the La Campana uh, Supermercado, right on the corner by the crib, I had, uh, uh, there were Cubans, speaking good Spanish, but were as dark as me. And it blew my mind to see what looked like black folks speaking Spanish. I, I mean, I was so ignorant to that. And I, so I think because of that, from my uh, preteen years, I was kind of, you know, getting groomed um, for the reality of the world. The world is, you know, well, the, my world is living in the America that I was going to have to learn how to move around and communicate around people that were non-black. And um, yeah, so I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I've never, I've never been offended because who, who would have thunk it? So I get all the way up until I end up going to Nepal. But then who would have thought that I would end up living overseas in Ireland? Yeah. You know, and so I won't say what, it wasn't culture shock, but I was able to move. I remember my first full 24 hours in Ireland and I was just super stoked. And um, I had only uh, met my office assistant. And um, I was like, yo, I just want to go around. She says, you sure? Don't you want to rest? I said, girl, I just want to go see what the people do. I'm in Ireland. <laughs> so I get on a little bus. I go down to the the, the, the city center. And um, girl, I go into a brewer, a pub. They got them everywhere. 
And I, I asked, I asked the, uh, um, the, the men sitting at the bar, I said, well, what shall I have? Like, I just get into the room. They said, you're not from here. Where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from America, but where are we are, we can hear that, but where are you from? Yeah. And so for me to just go, like, get on the little bus, go down to the town center, go into a pub, order a beverage, an alcoholic beverage of sorts, and sit with the locals, I think some of that came from that all of that who knew that this little black girl from the west side of chicago would end up sitting in there of course i had many talks of that kind of nature and stuff whatever so yeah i think i thank god for it but doesn't it i think it's just something in the atmosphere right now that seems very volatile um and i don't um now i want to go back to talking about your reaction though but it was amazing to me uh, I'm gonna say amazing but the fact that it, in the video it appeared that the people uh, that worked at Starbucks were young Absolutely. and so it's always my idea that the newer generations are definitely more welcoming more diverse etc even with the whole thing that happened with the uh, I think it was Virginia where we saw young 20 somethings with the, the with the KKK march and stuff and we know we know in the back of our head that they they exist but I think my overall view is I said these babies are way more welcoming and and, and and so the fact that they <laughs> that kind of got me mm-hmm. but yeah tell me more you said you were disappointed as an african-american and as a woman mm-hmm. oh yeah i was um definitely disappointed with the behavior that was thought out you know um especially coming from a company that i love and adore so much um um i i don't know like are you are you asking how I feel about the incident? Oh, I was going back to the original question of your initial reaction. What went through your mind? Um, and so far, before we kind of drifted off to the side, you had initially said you were disappointed, you know, as a black woman, uh, pretty much. Uh, but was there more you want to add to your initial reactions for when you saw the video? Um, I just thought about how 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 much work we need to do. Mm-hmm. And that's it. The disappointment and the hurt. And, you know, we I sometimes I feel we come far and then, you know, you turn on the TV and it looks like we we didn't come that far. So, you know, it just shows that we we need more work. You know, that was my 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 um, train of thought. Like we need to get back to work and get back to the basis of it. Mm hmm. Now, I'm going to start throwing out the, some of the questions. Definitely, I saw, um, you know, that were being posted online and uh-huh. uh, see what your 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 um, uh, reaction was to it. Like, you know, you're, when you say, I'm going to take your word, when you say uh, we got more work to do, do you think, or maybe you think it's split, the responsibility, like, okay, what were you more disappointed okay at them as the individual like you wrong and you need to the highest you know form of punishment to you the person you did this or do you think it had to do with maybe that location like okay what are y'all doing at this location or do you think it was more of a Starbucks like overall because I was just like I think there were different levels of responsibility (laughs) I think those cold those the, the workers were overreacting totally but then mm-hmm. i'm like what in their psyche 
you know, because a lot of places yeah. have the bathroom key policy and all of that. I, I would never think to go into an establishment without purchasing something. Um, I just feel like this just the way. I don't want nobody telling me no if I gotta use the bathroom. So let me buy something or whatever. That's just the way I think. But Starbucks would, would not be that place. Um, but so I think, I don't know if you're thinking, well, maybe it's that location. What y'all doing over there that, that, that y'all would have jumped like that? Or Starbucks. So I want to know how you may or may not divvy up um, that, um, the responsibility of the, the situation. Um, I definitely blame, I don't blame Starbucks. I don't blame the Starbucks location or the community. I definitely blame the person who was in charge at that moment. I think it was an individual because when we're led uh, as Starbucks manager, we have to make that final call, right? Mm-hmm. We have to say if we're going to call the police or if we're going to take it uh, to our upper head. And, um, and it's, it's, it's an intuition call. So I definitely believe it was the individual um, fault um, where they're at in how they see the world and that, you know, that's the work that needs to be done. That's the work that needs to be maneuvered. You know, like, who are we hiring in these leaders? So I guess you can say that because who are we putting in these leadership positions to make those type of calls? Mm. That's a good, I'm thinking, wow, because especially since you had such a long tenure with them, Mm -hmm. um, it's sad to say um, that with them having such a huge track record, track record at least from your experience as a black woman in that company, mm-hmm. and then to have what, in your opinion, is definitely the responsibility of one individual mm-hmm. that is tarnishing the entire image, basically. Because if the truth be told, people hire the wrong people every day. Absolutely. And I hate not to put my own boss on blast, but our department is brand new. We just celebrated two years, but we've been through one, two. We're on our third. I'm on my third direct direct manager Mm -hmm. right now. And, you know, but who hired them? My national director hired, right? right? And so, you know, people hire people for whatever reasons and it's interesting because i actually saw saw it afar off i said this is not gonna end well you know i just i just knew it and uh but yeah there are other people hire the wrong people it shows itself after about a year in most cases or something or even less than that um and it's it's a shame so it sounds like because of their magnitude um how big starbucks is that uh, they're definitely paying the price. All it takes is one. Yeah. One jack up. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, in your opinion, it's definitely, I definitely can see that. Um, yeah. So, it's a manager, the whoever hired this person. And so, it makes me think on a higher level, since this uh, it's under a different CEO um, that you um, didn't get to work under, uh, it makes me wonder, are What's the culture like? What is the emphasis and the training that Howard Sauce had in place still being, um, uh, what's the word, practiced or even making sure that it's even reinforced on a higher level, especially with our climate? 
Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely um, think that it's still the Starbucks culture is still being embraced in a way to um, be inclusive with what they're doing on May 28th when they're closing down all the stores to retrain on um, cultural biases um, and after that training that when you become hired at Starbucks, that training is to go with you. It's going to be a part of the training program as a new um, employee. So I believe that, you know, that the Starbucks culture is still being embraced, uh, like how a Schultz would do it. Um, I think it was very uh, star uh, a Starbucks move to say, listen, we're going to close down our stores and we're going to do it. Like, this is not the first time you know that they closed the store down not this is first time for race you know mm-hmm. but they they closed the stores down you know just to train and make sure that we're properly being the best that we can be to the to the to each other and to our customers so yeah hmm well then I, I I gotta ask the one I think it's a very big question. Mm-hmm. Do you think the closing down of the stores was sufficient enough for um, the the reprehensible act o- overall? Because now my other thing was uh, the young men, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, as far as them, because the cops were called. So after that, yeah, and so now that after that. The cop, I think there's some blame with the city. I mean, they came in deep for yeah. two black men that were not posing harm to anybody. Yeah. And then I saw the other patrons who were also white um, saying, what's going on? What's the problem? Like, Absolutely. they weren't doing nothing. Da, 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 da. You got people on site vouching like, we cool. Like, they weren't bothering us. Yeah. That kind of thing. And um, so I, I'm, I'm thinking, do you think it was sufficient uh, uh, recompense on Starbucks' behalf because it started with a Starbucks employee mm-hmm. um, uh, in conjunction with whatever the city may or may not be doing. Do you think it's enough that they just closing down the stores? And I could, I first when I heard the apology and people were going off about the apology, like I said, I understand corporate speak. Yeah, uh, it may have been definitely pre. It's gonna be prepared because they got to have a legal on it. Uh, they, but uh, I wasn't offended. But what got me is because I was thinking about recompense. I'm like, um, so is this expunged off the record? Mm-hmm. Are they gonna cut them a check? That's why I was going with it. Did yeah. that go show my collar? What mm-hmm. is this sufficient? Mm-hmm. I think that's it's gonna always be painful. Those two um, African American men with uh was you know exposed to something that they're gonna have to live with forever because their faces are all over the media now and you know with what we've been going on with the race uh in the united states today that it it is it, you can't put a price on what they experience so i do believe that uh I don't know, Shanere. Like, I, I don't, I don't think it's a big enough apology to, or a big enough pay for them to, you know, be slapped on the wrist and let that go away because they still have to deal with it. Okay, so 
you write psychological the psychological damage that's already there because uh, when I think about and I, I'm one of my favorite Instagram comedians uh, made a video he could be hilarious but he actually made an actual YouTube video at length about it his response when he saw it and it made me think about my desire to give birth to a, a black uh, young black man in, in, in America and what it's like living as a black man he says that, he says, I'm tall, you know what I'm saying? And now my own sons are tall and I have to make sure that I'm ever so careful that I am the nice, friendly black man when I go into establishment. Like I have to like, it, you have to be very intentional yeah. everywhere you go. And so that's psychological damage because it doesn't mm -hmm. allow you to just be free you know, without having to be concerned with what other people are living with, li what they what they're perceiving of you, because your whole life depends on it. And so, Starbucks can't do that, but they just made it a whole lot worse. Like they literally just put poured salt in an already open wound. Um, so I know I understand that they can't really do that, but mm -hmm. I think. They need to cut the boys' check. Oh, they, yeah. they, that's just me. I need yeah. to see a check. I need to make sure them, them, them ninjas that um, called them to begin with is fired. Fired. I mean, I need all of that. Like, I was so, I wasn't here. I was like, okay, I hear you corporate speak. You got to do what you got to do, yeah. CEO. But I need, to, I, I need to hear, like, okay, I need to hear, like, the change. I, I need cash it ringing. I think that they're definitely going to be taken care of in that aspect. Um, I did watch their interview with uh, Good Morning America with Robin, um, with the with the co with the co-host. The Ro what what is it? Good Morning America. Uh, Robin Robinson. Robertson. Robertson Robin. Robin. They put the Robin on there with them. Uh huh. Yeah. That beautiful sister. Yeah. They're, they're definitely going to be, they definitely did the right thing by getting their legal team ready. And, you know, I do believe that start, it, you can't just say, sorry, and I'm closing down the company. There should be some things happening behind closed doors with the initial situation. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So you got expectation. You love Starbucks, but you understand they better put some money on it. Nah, I'm just <laughs> It's so funny because yeah, I, we get to get to work the next day. One of my, um, I, I look at, I look at my colleague as a uh, the guy, the black young black man that sits behind me as a brother, as a as a younger brother to me, and we have very candid, candid conversations, etc. And we 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 dig our colleagues, etc. That are not non black. It's all right, okay, it's okay. And girl, everybody walked in with a regular Starbucks edition. It's one okay. right in our building. They went on as the usual. Nobody talked about it. now. They come in, they talk about everything on the sun, but nobody talked about the Starbucks thing. And then uh, towards the latter part of the day, somebody asked us they were going to make a Starbucks run, and they said, uh, "Will you be in there?" And we, me and me and my colleague, look, <clears throat> we ain't been. Well, we never really uh, had a Starbucks addiction to to begin. We damn sure don't have one now. We was not going there. We ain't going to Starbucks because because uh, he said he looked at me and I was in there. He said, because I don't recall in the video, did he say he was going to cut a check? Is his record, record expunged? He said, I'm a black man, so I can't support none of it. And I don't yeah. even want it if you're buying it for, for getting it for me for free. 
And so until I hear that report, I ain't going. So I, mm-mm, no ma'am. Yeah. I'm good for getting a, a ten dollar Starbucks gift card for somebody. I, if I can on a chip chipping in and stuff, that's like my easy way because I don't like shopping. So I'm a gift card giving. I just don't have time to be sorting things out. So everybody is addicted to Starbucks. So Absolutely. if your name is in the little grab bag at work, you getting a Starbucks. But I ain't getting no Starbucks gift card now. That mm-hmm. name I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So I got to ask of the million dollar question: Is TT drinking Starbucks now? Though, let's be real about it. Um. Yes, I am. Um. You know, I've been. I'm. I'm sorry. No, no apologies. Listen, we asking a black woman. We spilling all the tea and the Kool Aid in the kitchen. So here it is. Like I can give you, like uh, uh, I can give you the real in and like just what it is. The real is I'm. A, I've worked there for ten years. I just, I just uh decided to lead a company um August, and then on the flip side, uh, I have not took out my stock, so I'm going to continue supporting. So I have ten years. <laughs> Like, wait, let that sit. Sis, like, listen, y'all keep drinking because I got stock and that's that. Yeah. A black a black person is getting paid somewhere and that black person is me. Amen. In addition to the education. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and, and I have, you know, two friends who came into Starbucks under me and now uh-huh. they're in they're African-American and they're under the school project. And so, you know, I know that when I buy a cup of coffee, I'm also helping pay for somebody's education. So that's, you know, that's just where I'm at with it. Y'all better listen. We asking a black woman about Starbucks. She going to still drink her Starbucks. She still got her stock. I'm pretty sure it's pretty nice. Amen. Ten years in. Listen, I can't hate on people making decisions that benefit them. Matter of fact, the people that she brought underneath her is prospering. Yo. So, man, so we done wrapped it up in 40. That's what I t- typically do. Man, so before we uh, say goodbye to the people, anything else you want to drop in on the conversation, sis? Man, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate you for allowing me to be on your podcast. Thank you. TC, you man, I'm grateful that you decided to open up and had a conversation. I'm blessed to have you on here. Now I know the social uh you you're not an entertainer thing or anything like that, but if you want people to follow you, I always open up the floor for people to know how to get at you because they might want to throw questions directly at my TT. Do you want to share a handle or two or what? Uh I'm not a social person. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. That's because, like I told y'all, um, I got a real sister on here, so she's not doing it for the follows. She ain't got no book coming out for y'all, nothing like that. She yeah. just a real sister that can really speak on Starbucks, not because it just hit the media. This is some Starbucks has, has um, been a big part of her life for a very long time. So. Um, we go, I'm just going to thank her again here. And, you know, if you got questions, you throw it this way. We're going to see what it do. Yeah. How do you feel about the incident? Um, How do you feel about I, them closing the stores? Like, what's your personal opinion? Do you think it's a step in the right direction or no? Um, I think, um, let me not sound jaded, um, but I think that... Um, because I can't come from a part of you, you know, that this is what Starbucks do. 
Um, but I think it's just, it's, I think it's expected. I think that a big corporation like that, um, should be doing it. I'm not, um, I'm gonna say big impressed that they shut down the store, even though you got people being big mad on media that they're going to shut down the store for one freaking day, mm-hmm. uh, to do this. People are like, I can't believe like for one whole day, you going to go crazy, buy you a pack of Via and, and thug it out for 24 hours. Like, yeah whatever so people are big mad about it um and and i understand that the revenue impact might be huge um but girl call me um i'm just uh, hard to impress in a lot of things and because Uh i actually think big behemoth corporations like that um they can afford to do it so i think it's the least they can do um i'm glad that they did it but it's the least that they could do but then again you do have corporations who f up um, in a major way like this, whose response is not the same. H&M's response was nowhere near um, this magnitude. They just kept on thugging out like, what ifs? You know what I mean? Absolutely. So um, even you got whole city departments uh, for major cities that have wrongful death suits because of their very own um, bl- uh, blue blue suited um, uh, people are firing off at unarmed people. And there is no big I mean, the outpouring is not the same. So I, if I measured up on that, I guess I can go along with it. After all, it's a corporation. It is a company. And shutting down and missing a one-day revenue for them is a, a, a quite a big hit, actually. So, uh, but me, I mean, hmm. Uh, now I'll tell you, this is just me. I'm more of the response of, it makes me look at the response in the Black community. And so after that, it was, well, why y'all, first of all, people were saying, whose fault is it? When I say whose fault is it, is it the the employee? Is it the location? Is it Starbucks? Or is it split equal between Starbucks and police? People were actually online saying it was the two black men's fault for even patronizing being there. Like that kind of cruelty. I was like thinking like... You mean to tell me he can't step foot in an establishment like that's the that's the uh, punishment he get for going to something non-black? When the truth of the matter is, every last black person that's listening to this is going to have to go grocery shopping at a major food chain or whatever, and it's not owned by black people. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but so I've seen that mean commentary and, um, but the other thing it makes me think of is that we were totally reactionary. So all of a sudden everybody has these, um, support black coffee houses list going around. Right. And I, I, I just believe in our own people saving ourselves, but I'm, um, if I was less impressed with Starbucks response, I was even less impressed with ours too, because it's totally reactionary. So you mean to tell me before this happened, all y'all ninjas was all at Starbucks, but now mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's go black. Whatever. I hear you. I should- <laughs> <laughs> we, oh goodness. Mm-mm. So I, I never want to uh, net, mm, point the finger always at the quote unquote the man if I'm we are not doing all that we can do out the gate. That's just like when people have like go fund me campaigns for whatever it is, like mm-hmm. my record, my album or my, my project or, 
even your funeral expenses, like, okay, so how much money have you put into producing your project? Like, have you gotten a part-time job to thug it out? Um, like how much weight have you put into it out the gate before you start asking for donations for your record? Um, okay. We got a GoFundMe for the, the funeral expenses, but y'all couldn't pay $20 a month for life insurance so that y'all could just get a, a check cut in the in event of a death. Like, wow. Yeah. So I'm, I, you know, I don't, I, I, I always feel like we always have a chance to be as responsible um, before stuff happens. And I think people don't think like that. And I, I don't have patience with it. And so I'm, I'm trying to stay out of the noise and let people bicker amongst themselves. But it'd be so hard. It'd be so hard. I hope I answered your question. Yeah. So. Okay. That's my thing. But I don't have a coffee addiction. I don't have one. <laughs> oh, now, yeah. God forbid, if something happened at Trader Joe's, we're going to have oh, a problem. Oh, my God. Because I, yeah. I live at the Trader Joe's and it, they're everywhere here because they originally um, started in Pasadena. So pa- Trader Joe's for are, are pretty much as common as like Jewel or something. Uh-huh. Uh, that kind of thing. Um, except, I must say, on our south side, the further south you go into LA, going to Inglewood, Hawthorne, all that kind of stuff, it pan out. Ain't no Trader Joe's or Inglewood. Go figure. And we're like 80 some hundred south. Uh, so that part reminds me of Chicago, uh, but for the most part, Trader Joe's is like everywhere. And so, um, please don't, please, when I say pretty, please don't let nothing happen up in Trader Joe's that, that have loosened that hat. Um, but you know, but it's interesting because now that I bring up Trader Joe's, when I tell you every time I think, when I come out of Trader Joe's, like literally seven out of 10 times, if I, if I go to Trader Joe's 10 times in one month. Seven out of ten times when I walk out the store, I have a smile on my face. Wow. The way they train them people out. Every time you go up to the counter, it's always, how you doing? Mm-hmm. How was your day? Yeah. Or, and it's something about their demeanor. And I never know that somebody is going through. I never know that they don't want to be there. I never get that feeling ever. They are extra nice if i stare too long at something on a shelf and a trader joe employee sees it they're asking me you want to open that up we can make a sample out of it or it's Absolutely. just they are on point with their service i girl listen they know me by name at the two by my job like hey what's up woo, 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 woo. or i asked them have you tried that Mm-hmm. I can't even speak on it. I said, then you know I'm gonna bring this back tomorrow if it's whack now. Okay. <laughs> and that's that, you know, like I mean, that's their policy, but it's just that it's some about that. So if something did go down, I would be shocked. Uh-huh. I would be really, really shocked because they have a culture that's intentional of being like really, 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 really friendly to people. Cause they know we don't get that kind of service at a Ralph's, which is like our version of like a jewel or something. Them other big box stores, Ralph's and bonds, our other grocery stores, you do not get that at all. It's not personalized like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Trader Joe's, I like you. You ain't gotta be black. You ain't gotta be black on. It would be nice. Um, uh, but you ain't got to be black old. Just don't do nothing stupid to my people. We could be, we'd be cool. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Absolutely. 
Well, I've taken up your time, and I know it's a two-hour time distance on a Friday, and I know you got to go to work tomorrow. And so I just want to thank you. Thank you for being my guest. And thank you guys if you listened to the whole entire 50 minutes uh, of this special, special edition of Asking a Black Woman about all uh, about Starbucks. Um, so good night. Good night. Thank you for having me again. Thank you, sweetie. Bye-bye.